Welcome to a Rocky Start Podcast. I'm Brian Argot on a Rocky Start Podcast. I talk sports with the guest, but I do much more than that. I get into the guest background and what got them started in sports. And today I'm talking to an amazing creator and artist. We are talking about his story on what got him involved in sports. And what I love most about his story is he actually reinvented himself at age 30. I just love these kind of stories where people go back in life and they just figure out that they don't want to do the job that they are in. Um, I've sort of done that. I know a lot of people that have done that. And this guy's name is Blake Jameson. He is an artist. He lives in Brooklyn and he quit his corporate job at age 30, went back and just sort of wanted to start creating art again. So he did that. He moved back with his parents, but he did it very strategically. And little did he know that he would be drawing painting athletes here a few years later and now he's also working for tops the baseball card not only baseball card but card company that is about to go public and he's working with them on their tops project 70 uh, baseball cards and it's really cool what tops does there is they actually bring in artists and they help them create cards and they do some awesome cards and you can go to the website tops project 70 and find some very unique cards blake is actually about to drop one of his newest cards it's a buster posey card and that comes out here this monday uh, april 12th and it's only going to be available for 70 hours i'm really excited about this episode i'm not going to give away too much details you just have to listen uh, Blake's a, a great guy and I just love his story and I hope you guys enjoy his story as much as I did. Here's your episode with Blake Jameson. Yeah, hey, uh, Blake, how's your day going, brother? Man, living the dream. I know, man. You're living there in Brooklyn. You hear the cars in the back. Yeah. Yeah. It's a busy corner. It's a beautiful day out too. It's like 70 degrees. I actually took a city bike to the art store just before this interview. Uh, and it's just, it's amazing out. Oh, nice, man. It's awesome. How, how is it now yeah. that the city's like open back up and going? Uh, it's good, man. It's, it's nice. Uh, I also, you know, I, I feel great and excited cause I just got my first, uh, vaccine shot yesterday and got to go back in a couple weeks, but you know, I know more, more and more people are starting to get it. Uh, the, the vaccine, which is good and the weather's heating up, which is, which is <laughs> awesome. So I think like people are ready, you know, to start, having interaction again, uh, at least in some form, I think that, uh, I don't know. Uh, my roommate was telling me about, I guess there was a game. Was it the Texas Rangers? Like that, where they just had like a packed stadium, like just, Oh yeah. The Ranger stadium has been, they were wow. a hundred percent fans. Yeah. That's see that like personally, like I'm a little, that would make me a little uncomfortable, but, um, but I'm excited to start getting outside and like enjoying the sunshine. Oh man. It's nice here. And like you said, it's like perfect day outside. Same here, man. It's like 75 out beautiful day and it's just yep. it's nice to have everything open i mean you're you're in you know slap dab middle of new york you know how has it been man i mean like going from zero to what is it now like 80 percent, probably you would say or what is it uh what do you mean in terms of just like you know day-to-day operations like how it was you know before oh, the pandemic. Well, i mean i mean look like going out in the city well, I don't really know. I, I don't really go out that much. Uh, you know, the, today, like taking this bike ride is the first time I like rode a city bike in like, I think like a year. Oh, wow. And so, um, you know, the city had been a ghost town, obviously, a lot, a lot of last year. And, and I imagine it's probably picked back up. But, you know, the one thing is like, I always stay in my studio and, and I'm like always just kind of in my own lane and in my own zone. Yeah. 
And like, even before the pandemic, like I didn't like go out that much, um, you know, yeah, well, wh- yeah, just kind of isolate, I guess, did, myself. Did you, my last yeah. question, we'll get going into like what you do and everything. Did you yeah. grow up there in Brooklyn? Uh, no, actually, I grew up in California, oh. uh, Marin, Marin County, just north of San Francisco. Oh, yeah. And um, I moved out to New York about two and a half years ago uh, from California. Cool. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm settling in here, but I think, you know, eventually I'd love to make my way back west. And uh, in the meantime, I'm annoyed. I'm enjoying New York. Yeah, yeah, no, man, that's awesome. Yeah, and uh, you know, you're talking about your zone and everything. Tell us, uh, tell everybody what you do and how you got started. Yeah, so I'm a, a full time artist, and my focus is painting portraits of professional athletes. So uh, I'm currently working on my third project with Tops Baseball Cards, uh, which is how we connected. Yeah. Um, and that's that's been an exciting thing. I, you know, I'd love to talk about that. But even before I worked with Tops, uh, my primary niche was pro athletes, and I'd be working, usually painting p- portraits of them for them for that player. And sometimes it'd be like the wife or the agent hiring me. But in in general, I'd be painting, you know, a Zion for Zion, nice. uh, for example. Um, yeah. So so like it's it's pretty awesome, uh, and it's been a pretty crazy journey to get here. I I actually started painting full time when I was decided to quit a corporate job at the age of 30 and start painting full time. Oh, wow, man. So th- it was like <laughs> late, you know, later, later start than usual. I'm 36 now. So it's, uh, it's been a fun six years. Oh, no, man, that, that's incredible. So you, you've always been a sportsman growing up and growing up in Mar- Marin County and all that. Yeah. So I grew up an A's fan and we had a season tickets with me and my dad. Um, and then we moved to Florida and we had, um, we were doing spring training and it actually was like the, the white Sox and the Texas Rangers. Um, and like, we went to like other, we would like travel like to Phoenix to go to spring training stuff. Um, so, so I grew up a baseball fan. Um, and then like, I kind of like, I have pretty bad ADD, so it was just too slow of a sport for me. And so I like kind of gravitated to other sports. I played soccer, wrestling and lacrosse, uh, through high school and then lacrosse in college. So I have like, Definitely, you know, some sports in my background. Baseballs, it's nice to be like back with baseball working with tops because I'd kind of fallen out of collecting baseball cards and really following baseball in general for like the last 20 years. Got it. Yeah, yeah. So you're you're like the <laughs> yeah. early age, Jason Jombie and all that. Yeah, so I was um I mean, honestly, like I grew up idolizing Mark McGuire. Oh, he was my guy. Yeah. Jose Canseco. Um it was Ricky Henderson had been traded to the A's from the A's to the Yankees by then. But like my, I remember growing up, like my dad talking about Ricky Henderson, even though he wasn't on the A's anymore. So those are like kind of the guys that I really like, I don't know, that impacted me. And Mark still is like my favorite athlete to date. Oh yeah, man. Now is he still, is he still a batting coach? Yeah. He's working with the Padres. Oh, that's right. He's working with the Padres. I I remember he was working with the Dodgers a few years back and he, then he went down South and now he's, now that team is loaded, man. I hope that. I hope yeah, that, they really are. I hope they uh, yeah. do well this year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They just uh, who, who was it? Just the A's or the Giants that they just beat? They beat the uh, the A's, I believe. A's. Yeah, yeah, the A's because the Giants had a good homestand, I think, where they, yeah. they won a few in a row. But man, it's a uh, yeah. It's just glad that baseball is back. It's it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. I love it. Totally. Just, uh, sports and everything, oh, reopening everything. It's just nice the world going back to normal. So, man, you're you're 30 years old. You're working corporate. What are you doing at 30 or even before 30? Uh, sure. So, I uh, 
I was working in digital marketing. Uh, I studied economics at UC Davis and and just kind of thinking I'd get into some kind of like general business. And actually, I'll, I'll go back a step before yeah. that. Like I grew up like always creating stuff and making art and like my parents encouraging that very creative household. So like when I went to college, my parents were encouraging me to major in art or art history or dabble in it, you know, yeah. and I, and I kind of like, I just didn't think it was a viable career path. I, I, you know, you think of like the starving artist and I'm, I'm like an entrepreneur at heart and I want to like, I, I'm, I don't know how to, I don't know how to put it right. Cause like, I, I really like, I'm a capitalist and I, and I want to like run a successful business, but I don't like, I don't care that much about money, but I want a ton of it. Of course. It. We, we need um, money to survive. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, because of that, I chose, you know, to, I thought studying economics would be like the smart thing to do. Go ahead. No, no. I said, what's funny is usually most, oh. most parents would be like, oh no, go study economics. And we want you to do that yeah. instead of yeah. uh, trying to yeah. be an art, an artist, you know, they usually try to, you know, dictate you away or, you know, steer you away from that. Yep. Yeah. So that was, um, I mean, my parents were so cool and, and they, they've been supportive throughout this whole process. So studied economics, graduated and got into digital marketing. And at the time it was like, it's actually kind of the way the NFT space is now where like everyone is scrambling to figure it out. Uh, so at the time, like all these brands were figuring out, Oh, we're a brand we should be advertising on Facebook. And that was like, at the time, like, at first a crazy idea, right. That a, that a brand would like pay to be on this social network. Right. So it was like wild West. And I like grew very quickly with the industry of digital marketing. And in general, like it allowed me to still be creative because I was doing like graphic design or video editing or uh, copywriting on behalf of these brands and helping them bring their brand and like tell their story on different social media channels. So that was like cool and like satisfying, I guess for a while, but Ultimately, it was like my 30th birthday. Uh, I was actually living in Phoenix, Arizona at the time, working this very corporate, uh, you know, director position at a billion dollar company. It was it was a legit job. And I loved my boss. Uh, He's like one of my best friends and mentors. And still, like I would just like every time Friday came, I was excited. And then every time Monday came, I was like bummed out and it didn't really matter what I was working on. It was just that was the life. And so. 30 years old, I'm like, yeah, I got to like switch things up and do something that makes me happy every day. So I put in my notice to quit that job. And it wasn't with the intention of like immediately pivoting and starting to paint. It was just, I needed to find something that made me happy. And then after I left, uh, I kind of stumbled back into painting and, you know, refell in love with it. Oh man. Wow. So you you literally, you didn't wait, you didn't wait to find something else or you didn't have a backup. You just kind of yeah would you recommend people that are looking for something to to like find themselves or find something that makes them happy to do (sighs) probably not (laughs) (laughs) look because look i had like you know it was a it was a good paying job uh you know i'm single at the time i'm i have no kids or anything i have no real responsibilities i had bought a house in arizona Um, and while I was there working at the job, I was remodeling the house on like nights and weekends. And that also is like a form of art, you know, it was like me making stuff with my hands and that like was enough for a while. So the situation I ended up in where like, I was able to sell the house that I had bought for a pretty significant profit. And so I had this really nice nest egg 
And then I also, you know, my parents, like I said, are super supportive. So like they let me like move back home. I set up an art studio on our family property. It's this like two acre kind of ranch or farm style property um, in a barn. And like, so I was paying like no rent and I had like a nice chunk of money in the bank. So I was able to really like focus on the craft and, and like doing the dream without letting, you know, the stress of money um, control me. Right. Right. So I don't think like I was in a really unique position and like really lucky to have like the support of people around to like allow me to do that. I think, you know, I also wish that I just started like painting more on nights and weekends and like starting to like hustle and like build my art brand that, you know, cause I could have done that at the same time as when I was marketing. Right. Um, if I wanted to, you know, if I chose to use that time instead of watching Netflix or instead of like, you know, going to the bar. But I mean, it's definitely, it, free, it frees your mind up for sure though. Like you're not, you don't have to worry about your, you know, your, your five day, right. your, your, your 40 hour work week, you know, working on that. And you're putting that time into actually what you want to do. And I, and it's a great point that you mentioned out too. Like you just didn't quit like, Oh, you know, I'm quitting and you know, you had no backup plan. You, you definitely right. thought things through like with what you're right. going to do. And now that that's a, that's a great story, man. Even at 30 going to do that. So when you're actually, you're painting all this, were you painting athlete athletes and stuff already when you, that was, how did you get no, into that? No. So I, um, when I first kind of pivoted and started making painting my full-time thing for the first while I was experimenting and figuring out like, you know, I didn't go to art school. I kind of felt like I had to teach myself how to paint. And so I watched a lot of YouTube and like, you know, read books and stuff. And, and then just like a lot of practice, like a lot of practice. Right. And for that kind of first six or so months, even if people, like I would still share my work on social media, but it was all random stuff. It'd be this, you know, it'd be a collage and then it'd be a painting and then be this, whatever. And some people would say, Hey, I want to buy that. Like I was at a point where I was like, I'm not even comfortable selling this art yet. Yeah. I'll let you know when I'm ready to sell some art. And so I did that for, for quite some time. Uh, and it was good because it built up like also like basically a bunch of buyers that were ready to spend money and like in a very like targeted, like email list essentially, but of just a handful of people. Uh, so when I finally did start selling work, it, it like sold out very quickly. Oh, nice. Um, and then what I did is then I kind of looked back and I said, okay, well I knew that I needed like a focus and a niche. And so I'm like, okay, let's, let me look at like everybody that bought those paintings. What kind of people are there? And for the most part, they were people that worked in like tech startups, PR marketing, like the people that I like my industry that I was familiar with. And that makes sense because like those were the people that I knew on social media. Uh, you right. Know, those are my contacts. So th so I actually made that. I said, OK, cool. I, I will be the artist that makes dope art for offices. And for about a year, I was just like focused on that and got some art in some very cool offices in, in Northern California and, and actually all over the country um and just hustling there and and then i was like delivering work to one client and um i met this guy who had played in the nfl and really liked my work and he now manages other nfl clients and so he's like man if you paint a couple of my clients for free i'll have them promote it then we can like their teammates are going to see it they're going to want one you know wow. um and we did that and it, and it like worked like perfectly oh, uh, it's crazy like thinking you know he really like he nailed it and, and like, so like that, like kind of strategic gifting is something that I like used, have used in my art practice for the last few years where if I want to get in with like a new team, I will usually like pick a player or two 
and it's not usually the star player. It's like a you know a guy that gets respect in the locker right. room, but not so big that like I can't get in touch with him. And uh, I just offer, say, hey, if I did a free painting of you, will you like take a picture with it and post it on social media? And they all say, of course, they say yes, especially if I show them like here are all the people I've already worked <laughs> with. Uh, you know, and then I'll use that, and then I'll I'll send the painting straight to the training facility because the training facilities will they vet all the players' mail, so right. they're going to open it up, take it out of the box, and then they'll put the painting in the locker, uh, like within the locker room. Awesome. And so I have like the per like a perfect size painting that fits in the lockers, and it's like facing out, looks great. And then that's like my marketing okay. is like I do one of those, and then like I'll get my phone will start blowing up, and I'll give you know a bunch of business cards, put my phone number on the back. Uh, and literally, like when those arrive, my phone starts ringing, and people are like, "I want one. How much?" Just, oh. um, which is really, it was cool. That's how. That's like how. That's exactly how I did my business, like marketing, the entire entirety of my marketing, pretty much. Uh, wow, you're, are you for like two years until Tops like came and found me? Man, and th- this that is just awesome. Not only are you just being, like you said, strategic about it. But you're you're literally like going out there. You're being so creative using these players as your your tool to do that. I mean, not a lot of people, you know, even think this way. And it's not, it's not like you were lucky. You actually were planning this stuff out, man. Yeah. Well, I think that like that's kind of why I don't regret not going to art school. Like getting the background in the marketing, like because that was like my job is like creatively marketing brands, and so like the strategic gifting kind of thing is like the type of stuff we'd be thinking about is like, how can we like make this really fun? Like make this cool more than just like running a banner ad. Right. You know, like that's, that's different. And like, I mean, shit, I could have spent, sorry, there's a, Oh, you're, you're good. You're good, man. He's, <laughs> guys, he's in Brooklyn right now. Yeah. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of a uh, crime going on. It's live. Yeah. It's hype. Outside. <laughs> um, you know, so like, you know, if I buy, if I think about like the cost of me, and forget the time because the time for me at that point was also like practice. Like every portrait I did, I got a little bit better. Goodness. So if we call that a wash, like the hard cost of me, like buying a canvas, maybe like a hundred bucks, 150 bucks paints, you know, 20 bucks shipping, probably 20, 40 bucks. Like I'm probably spending like $250 in hard costs to get an athlete, in my painting. I could have spent 250 bucks on a banner ad and a banner ad would have driven no sales. Right. And like, you know, I know that it's not every time that I sent a free painting, I would get an order immediately, but I did it over a long enough period of time that I know everyone that goes out, one order comes in, uh, you know, spaced out over a season. And so, yeah, that was like, that was the strategy. Oh, <laughs> and and the marketing background is like why, you know, I think like, I think, I think of marketing budget like that, whereas other artists are like, well, I don't want to work for free. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you picked, you picked where you're going to work for free and that, that literally launched everything else into where you are yeah. now who was the exact who was the first athlete that you painted you know what's funny when i first moved home uh to marin from arizona sold my house set up studio in my parents uh barn uh, i actually did a buster posey stencil <laughs> and i put it up because it, it was when um when the uh the giants were winning like every other year you know, when they were like, they won yeah. in like 2010, 2012, 20, or whatever it was. 14, yeah. It was like, it was right up, it was right in there is when I moved back because I moved back in 2014. And so I just started, I put some buster stencils just like around, <laughs> kind of around the stadium. Um, but like the first one that I did on canvas and did 
And it's funny because Buster Posey is my next card dropping with tops on Tuesday, April 12th, which we'll talk about. But um, the first athlete that I actually painted for the athlete who that guy, Jared, introduced me to as a client is CJ Anderson. Oh, yeah. And he had just uh, he was just coming off. You know, he had a Super Bowl victory with the Broncos. Yeah. Um, 2015. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, he's uh, he's also like super nice dude. And he literally like bought a painting like i gave him a painting and he's like all right this is dope i want to buy one and so he like he was the first customer too because i gifted him one and then i and then i made him a second one and then i like was so stoked that i actually made him like two copies of that second one so he could give one away on instagram just for to a random fan that was like a i'm like here's an extra painting give it away to a fan and he's like okay so he gives it away and then that like i mean it just snowballs man it's it's pretty yeah, it's a very strategic snowball that you're doing yeah. there man it's yeah. very creative i love the way that you actually like do that you, you're really thinking about your customer when doing it it's very different from uh you know when i think of artists or of that sort of sense i i have a i have a friend who and like i want to um who's create who's creating art for for sports and stuff like that as well what kind of advice do you have for people in that sort of situation that they're barely starting out uh what would you suggest to them I think that, um, man, there's a lot, uh, you know, there's, there's a, it's kind of a fine line. I think like, don't be afraid to work for free, but don't just don't necessarily work for free for just any, you know, you still got to be like a little bit like you got, you should respect your own art, um, and your own value and your own time. Um, and like, you really can't, like, you shouldn't benchmark yourself against anybody else. It's just like, just try to figure it out a little bit more every day, whether that's like figuring out how to make better art or figuring out how to like, you know, market yourself or, you know, engage with your fans. Right. And, and when you're, when you're making your art, like for instance, with CJ yep. Anderson, are you just, are you making a portrait of, of him like on the field or like, are you making, are, are you getting like live down in action when you're doing, when you're doing your art? Uh, so like you mean like the reference photo that I'm using to make the portrait? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so I mean it varies from player to player. Uh usually it's like a it's an action shot from from the game, you know, in game. Yeah. But it just depends. Sometimes it's a, a photo of them smiling at a press conference. Um you know. And and part of that is like just what cool image I can find online. And, and like, I'll, I'll usually try to go like two directions. I'll either pick like a very iconic image that everyone would recognize right. of them. And, you know, there's a lot of athletes that we, they have those type of images. Right. Uh, or I try to go the other direction and use a photograph that like nobody else has created art from. Okay. And I think like the best example of that is I did a Richard Sherman piece and that was him like smiling at a press conference uh, when he, ju- when he had just gotten signed with the 49ers and, uh, you know, he's got the cap on, he's got that, uh, and everything. And he's just like smiling super big. And like, that's like one of my favorite paintings, uh, that I've ever made like of an athlete. And I think it's just because of like, I've never, I've never seen anyone else like do art with that photograph oh. or even anything close to that photograph, like of him, of Richard Sherman. So I just think like, that's a fun angle to take. You yeah. Know? It's very unique. Yeah. But especially for the person receiving it, the player or whatnot, you know, they're like, Oh wow, man, no one's actually done this. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And then, uh, so when you, when you're doing this for a few years, uh, what you're doing this for about roughly four years and then does tops reach out to you or what happens there? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So tops reached out to me. Um, 
And and for everyone, oh, man, it's been about a year and a half now. A year and a half ago. Okay, sorry. Go no, ahead. I would say for everyone listening, I mean, tops baseball cards, guys. This is uh, you know, as good as it gets. Yeah. Tops cards, baseball, everything. Uh, uh, now you're working with them on their Project Seventy. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but yeah, no, no worries. Um, yeah, so they reached out to me in, I guess it was like middle of 2019, uh, to invite me to be part of Project 2020, which launched, you know. In, 2020 and ran the whole year. Um, and they actually found me because of a strategic gift that I had given to a lacrosse player named Paul Rabel, who is uh, one of the founders of the premier lacrosse league with his brother, Michael. I played lacrosse in college. So I'm a big lacrosse oh. fan. I love those. Like Paul's like an icon in the lacrosse world. And so I had connected with him on Twitter. Same thing. I'm like, Hey man, congrats on your new league. Like you have an office now you want some art for it. Like I'll send you some for free if you post a picture. And he's like, of course. <laughs> So uh, we did that and he ended up like hanging it like behind behind his head. And then he always was like recording videos and, and things, put it, publishing them and like talked about the art in a handful of them. And Tops had like seen that and reached out and invited me to be part of the project. So that was like that was crazy. And like we didn't know like when COVID kind of started to happen, like I didn't know if the project was going to get canceled. There's no siren. Um, yeah, I just didn't really – we had no idea, like, what was going to happen because the launch date got pushed back a couple times. Um, was that due to COVID? Like, yeah. I mean, they were just – because, like, you know, honestly, like, at that time, that was in, like, February of 2020. Like, it was like we were aware of it, but, like, we were like, okay, well, if everyone, like, shelters in place for 14 days and quarantines, this is all going to die. Like, this could die. We could beat this. Right. Thing, uh, which is insane to think about. So, like, the project basically got pushed, like, two weeks, like, I think twice before it launched because they kept thinking, well, you know, we're going to get past this. And then obviously it just kept getting worse and worse. Right. What was your first project with tops? Uh, it was called tops project 2020. Uh, it's similar to project 70 in that there is a group of artists uh, all contributing to the same set, but it had some very different, very big differences. So in that case, tops chose 20 artists and then they chose 20 specific players and cards of those players. So it was like the Nolan Ryan rookie card, Frank Thomas rookie card. You know, we had iconic um, Mark McGuire rookie card, Derek Jeter. And so we were like reimagining those iconic cards in our own styles. So what you ended up with is 400 cards set, 20 different players, each represented by 20 different athletes or sorry, uh, 20 different artists. Uh, now they, they switched the format, uh, quite a bit, which I think is really cool in that they added a lot more artists and then they basically gave us free range to pick all of our own subjects. I, and that's like, that's the big difference maker. They're all, uh, they're awesome cards, man. I, they, thank dude, you. They're, they're, the cards, I love what you and everyone else has created. Uh, my, my favorite one's been like the Acuna, uh, man, mm. that, that one's just nice. sick. And then the, uh, yeah. Andrew McCutcheon one that you did, man. Thank that you. thing is so dope. Uh, sorry, Appreciate it cuts cut you off, man. So do it. No, no worries. Your first one with uh, the top project seventy. Uh, what? What? Which one was that? The first was that McCutcheon. Was McCutcheon? Um, and also with Project Seventy, so it's celebrating seventy years of Tops having a license with the MLB. And so the first year that the Tops had MLB license was nineteen fifty one, and. Between Project 2020 and this current set of Project 70, I actually had my, a standalone set with Tops, which was my, I got to remix the entire 1951 set, yeah. uh, and that was fun because we had some of the you know 
old players. And then we also have a lot of current players with the 1951 design. So that one's fun too. And then now with project 2020, my, we're on my third card. I had McCutcheon, I, I did Nakunya, and then we have Buster Posey coming out on Monday, April 12th. And that, that, that's sick, man. Have you noticed? Cause like what, obviously there's a big trend of, uh, just cards in general, all, all cards are popping. People are collecting cards again. Has that made it more fun for you or have you like been hearing a lot more about it? Yeah. I mean, I love it. I, you know, I grew up collecting baseball cards, fell out of the hobby for, like I said, like two decades. And as soon as the tops 2020 project started, I started collecting again, nice. not just my own cards, but other artists. And then I started, you know, PCing some players and like, I have a huge baseball card collection with my dad in California. Nice. And now I'm, it's on a whole nother level now. Cause like the hobby is when I collected cards as a kid, there wasn't the internet that we could just like, you know, the only cards that I ever saw were either ones that I like saw in the case in my local card right. shop or like in a Beckett magazine. Yeah. Uh, and that was it. And now that, that's the entire <laughs> circle of like what I, what I even know exists. Yeah, yeah. And like now on the internet, like you get these crazy, like ultra premium refractor, triple rainbow <laughs> foil, you know, die cut, whatever patch. <laughs> uh, and it's like, you get to see them yeah, right, yeah. And, and enjoy them, which is a lot of fun. So I also really like in the specifically within the hobby, like I like to collect kind of niche players yeah. because like, you know, I, I do have like, I collect a little bit of Zion because I got to paint with paint him. Yeah. Uh, and like some guys that I worked with, but like Buster Posey is my, one of my biggest PCs and like everybody likes Buster Posey, but not a lot of people collect his cards. And so like I can get like, people just get a really cool one and they'll be like, Hey, I'm just going to mail this to you because I know you love him and, and I don't collect him. And you know, so I could like trade my own cards or whatever. It's, it's fun to like build collections of the niche guys like that. Yeah. Yes. And same with wire like I, I have a huge mark mcguire collection oh nice nice okay yeah like all yeah because you're the ace i have one of his uh rookie cards like went back and yeah the same thing man with the hobby i i met a guy because like pretty much how i buy my cards like i just look for like older collections and i just look at it like that i i met a guy who had about a hundred uh patch uh not not only rookie but some rookie and some uh, later years too of Buster Posey and man, it was a right. hundred cards. I was like, God, he, that's amazing. Yeah. It was, it was awesome. It was an awesome collection. Yeah. But then uh, he told me, cause he was, I was buying like one card off him and then he showed me this whole collection. Like, I'm selling everything for like three grand. I'm like, Oh man. I was like, I, wow. I wish I I was, yeah. I wish I could buy that, but not, not really uh, yeah. appropriate right now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. I mean, awesome collection. And, and man, Posey, he's going to be a lot of people to, kind of forget about it but the guy's gonna be in the hall of fame i mean no for doubt sure about it yeah yeah I don't, he's a beast he is man like i said you know watching those early giants teams especially when they beat the phillies because i'm a mets fan so i always root against the phillies mm. <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah man when they won the 2010 world series that was a really fun time in baseball right there for sure but yeah man and so like what well, you have the the Posey card dropping off next. Is this project going all year for you, or how's it? Yeah, nice. Yeah, it will go. I mean, I think it's going to run all the way till December thirty first. So, Tops releases three cards a day on Tops dot com Monday through Friday, each by a different artist. They're going to ramp that up, I think, um, soon to four cards a day, and it's going to be four cards a day Monday through Friday, like through the end of the year. Oh, nice. It's a big, it's a really big set. There's, you know, there's 51 artists. We're each doing 20 cards. That's 1,020 
total cards. And it's a lot. Yeah, no, it's a it's a ton of cards. And then with some of the cards, yeah. you, like you mentioned, there's the base, and then some lucky winner could get a gold one. Correct, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So there's a one of one gold frame of each card, and those are randomly inserted into people that order the base. And then there's also uh, a refractor, like a rainbow foil board version, and that is numbered to seventy. So there's seventy of each of them. And so it's interesting because like these are all sold a la carte on Top's website. And so the print runs of every card is different. You know, on the low end, we might have a card with 1500 created on the high end that Alex Pardee uh, trout um, or uh, yeah, his trout, which followed up the Acuna, which also was epic, did like 26 K. So like with 26,000 cards printed, you got a really low shot of hitting a foil. But on one of the smaller print run cards that are 1500, you have a lot better chance of hitting a foil. Um, so it's really interesting, you know, what, uh, I mean, there's so many artists, so much talent. It's, it's really fun. Like every day, just seeing the new art. Yeah. Yeah, man. I love it. No, no, it's, it's awesome. And seeing like where your career and everything's gone. It's uh that's, you know, man, <clears throat> just going from corporate world to being an artist and watching you succeed and being around baseball. I mean, man, it's like something, you know, you tell yourself six years ago, it's like, what uh, kind of advice do you have for people that are just you know, not only looking to transition out of their jobs, but just find something new. What what uh, do you suggest that they, they kind of do throughout there? Man, um, it's a broad question, but man, it's, it's a broad question. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because like what makes people happy is is literally like different for everyone. Right. I think that um, you know, trying to find trying to like no matter where you're at, I think like making time to like figure out what that is. Uh, and it doesn't have to be something that can make you money. If you like, you know, if I look back at my corporate job, if I was like actually like actively painting on the side, um, I might have that might have kept me happy enough to like be happy in that job. Um, so, yeah, just keep trying different things, I guess, till you find it. I mean, it could be anything. It could be art. It could be music, surfing, reading, writing, like any anything, like literally anything. It doesn't even have to be creative. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh you know, man, I'm gonna let you go on and wrap up here. Where can people find you at? Yeah, so my website is Blake.art and Blake Jameson, J-A-M-I-E-S-O-N, on any social platform will find me. Sweet. And uh we have on April twelfth the Buster Posey Tops Project 70 cards coming out. That's right. And it'll be available for seventy two hours or seventy seventy hours. Seventy hours. So about, <laughs> about about three days. <laughs> And then it's gone forever. <laughs> oh, awesome. And thanks uh, so much for your yeah. time, Dave. Like, appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I hope you guys all enjoyed that episode with Blake. I told you guys his story is just pretty fascinating. And I mean, dude, just doing this five years later for him after quitting his job in the corporate world to move on. And now he's revolved around sports. He gets to talk to incredible athletes and just do amazing things. I mean, I'm sure someone like him just in his shoes didn't know where he would end up. And now he's just doing stuff like this. I think that is what's awesome. When you just put yourself out there, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you just got to take some risk and, you know, be smart about it. And I think Blake kind of laid out everything there. He was smart about what he did. He didn't go out on a whim and just, you know, jump all the way in. He actually, you know, he had a plan. He moved back with his parents and, you know, we can do anything like this pretty strategically. We don't have to just, you know, drop everything and say, I'm quitting my job today and, you know, do that, you know, do it a little bit smart 
and I think be wise about it. But I just love stories like his and sports and all this, you know, that's why I do this podcast and I try to bring the best stories out there. I hope you guys all enjoyed Blake's story here today. Don't forget to go follow him on athlete.portraits on Instagram and give him a shout out or stay tuned to his Buster Posey card here. Go to Tops Project 70 uh, over there and get the Buster Posey card that releases on April 12th. And don't forget to check us out on YouTube live on my YouTube channel where you will find me and Ken Griffin talking sports, talking cards, and a little bit of life advice. You can tune in every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and you could check it out later on the on the uh, day too because I will really be releasing it as a podcast episode as well. I hope you guys all have a great day. Please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast and leave me a rating and review this is how i grow the show so i can reach more people like yourself thank you guys all for tuning in and don't forget to share it with your fellow sports fans have a great day